Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. Question I want to ask you today: uh, the Easter week, the week after Easter, is uh, will the end of the mortgage repayment holiday lead to mass home repossessions? This is in the UK. I think in America they've uh, extended the uh, mortgage forbearance, as they call it here. We call it a mortgage repayment holiday. And the Financial Conduct Authority here announced that mortgage lenders can now uh, start repossession action to in- enforce repossession, to, to take people's homes away uh, from borrowers who are unable to make repayments. Now, of course, as many as 100,000 people have been on what's called a mortgage payment holiday during the, the lockdown. And that's saved a lot of people from literally losing their homes. So people, millions of people are self-employed. They've not got any help. They're not on furlough. Uh, other people have just lost their jobs and they've got very little coming in. So they negotiated with their lenders to take a payment holiday. Uh, and, um, you know, that has now come to an end, unfortunately, the end of March. And, you know, so that that and this, this also includes people who have got credit cards and and other kind of personal loans and finance agreements. But this has come to come to an end. And the term holiday, the reason I say holiday is that a lot of people think they're going to be let off with this payment, but nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, the, the additional repayments are just added to the loan and then they, they, they structure a new payment term. So they don't say you have to pay it all back, but they'll add it to the loan. So say over six months, you've you've missed a thousand a month, that's six thousand pounds going to be added to your loan and then they'll calculate a new repayment for you. So so one, one guy I had an example of um, his he couldn't pay his mortgage for I think six months, and when it came back in, he had to pay an extra four hundred pounds a month on top of his eight hundred pound a month. So it's quite a big jump for somebody that couldn't pay it in the first place. So it, it it's going to be difficult for people, but lenders still have to follow the guidance and only can start repossession as a last resort, and that's what they generally do. Uh, and you know, even if you started repossession, the courts are so full of cases, and these are not just. Uh, mortgage cases, the family law, divorce cases, that they're, they're so back backlogged with cases. Um, and, you know, the, the, the bailiffs, even if they got the case heard, couldn't be instructed till the end of May at the earliest in England and Wales. And I, I think it could be six months, maybe until the end of the year before a landlord with a tenant that just refuses to pay could get their property back. So uh, a lot of landlords have got tenants who just say, well, I'm not paying. And, and that's it. And, and it could take six months to nine months to get to get get that property back. And obviously that would lead to a blight on their credit record. But there are some tenants who just don't care about that. They'll just say, well, I, I don't really care. Uh, but if, if you're a landlord, I would suggest you should be in the an organization called the NLA or the NLRA, as it's called now, the National Landlords Association. Uh, definitely look them up and they'll give you a lot of advice and tips on starting repossession, how to deal with it, and, and so on. So, so that's something you can you can do there. Um, but th- 
whilst you cannot automatically apply for a deferral on your mortgage, you can still talk to your lender. Uh, always talk to your lender. Don't just ignore those red letters on the doormat and say, well, uh, you, you have a peep inside the window. You can see it's red and you know, last warning and you don't want to open it. But really, you should open it because then you can at least talk to the lender before they start handing it out to sort of debt collectors and enforcement agencies. And that will automatically add to your cost. Similarly, with any unpaid bill or a fine, you know, once you're not, you don't pay it and it goes to court, it adds court costs, then it adds uh, bailiff costs if they're going to come out. And, and it, you know, a, a ridiculous thing of a parking ticket, a £50 parking ticket could end up to be £2,000 by the time it goes through all the way of the courts. It's ridiculous, I know. But the best thing is to deal with it and open those letters or take advice from your citizen's advice uh, office on, on how to deal with it. So it, it's going to be trouble. But will it lead to mass repossessions? Uh, well, I, I don't think so. Mass repossession. I wouldn't say on a massive scale. It will it will definitely uh, lead, lead to this on a massive scale, but it will lead to an increase in, in repossessions. And I think it will lead to an increase in the number of motivated sellers out there that just want to sell their property quickly or even distressed sellers, distressed landlords, for instance, who've got, you know, they're just fed up with things. Uh, I've known distressed landlords who just just take the property away from me. I don't want to talk to that tenant. I never want to see it. I never want to get involved with buy to let ever again, just because they've had one you know, bad tenant, one tenant from hell. And sometimes the, the tenant from hell was, was, was not that bad. There was two sides to the story, you know, so some people just can't handle it. And, and it is difficult. It is difficult dealing with tenants, especially if they, if they're in arrears, they can't pay, but you've got to be, you've got to be tactful in how you deal with these things. And that comes from experience. But again, if you're in, in an organization like the national landlords, you'll get advice on that. However, unlike previous recessions that I, I've known, interest rates here are incredibly low. They're historically low. And that's what saved people's asses, literally saved people's asses during this. And it's it's meant that in this recession, which is supposed to be the worst recession for 300 years last year, um, you know, millions of people would have lost their homes had it not been for low interest rates. And the low interest rates have been enforced upon us after the last financial crisis. Because in the last financial crisis, I remember having mortgages at four and five percent and they just started to come down and down and down. It was, it was incredible. I remember having a mortgage at 16 percent that had gone up from 12 percent during the recession. I remember a day when Nigel Lawson put rates up, I think from 10 percent to 12 percent to 15 percent, then down to 12 percent all in one day because there was this run on the pound by George Soros, who literally broke the Bank of England. It was like a casino breaking uh, someone breaking the Monte Carlo casino. Uh, and and this is what happened with interest rates. But now governments have forced rates to, to, to be low, artificially low, which has a negative effect on savers. And we're, we're even leading towards negative interest rates where you might have to pay the bank to keep your money. If you've got a lot of money, it's already happening uh, in many countries uh, and Switzerland, for instance, where you pay the bank to keep your money there. And, and that's not good for business in a way. It's great for if you're a borrower, you can go and borrow this money and great. And uh, but it's not good for the economy. And it, it could lead to sort of a, a deflationary period, which is, is bad for, for, for the economy. It could like this is what happened in Japan. Uh, for 30 years, their, their economy has been down. The stock market went down by 50%. It stayed low. And you, re you remember in the 80s, the, the Japanese companies were taking over everything, Toyota and Nissan and 
big Japanese companies, Sony, were buying up everything. And then it's kind of stopped, didn't it? We thought Japan was going to take over the world at one point, just like we think China's going to take over the world now. And then it kind of stopped. Their economy went into a deep dive deflationary period for, for many, many years. So that's what's happened there. And, you know, we haven't seen a situation where the government's been pumping so much money into the economy, uh, literally trillions of dollars. Um, in America, apparently, even with this $2 trillion uh, stimulus package of spending money on infrastructure by Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, even that dwarfs what's really been spent, which is estimated at $9 billion if you count, $9 trillion if you count what's been spent in the last year, printing money, issuing bonds and all of these stimulus packages. And, and that's trillions. And how is it ever going to be repaid? The answer is it probably won't be repaid in, in our lifetime anyway. Um, and it, it will just it's going to lead to further problems down the road. But what that means in, in the short term is as this money is pumped into the economy, I mean, it doesn't come into my pocket, but in, indirectly it does, I suppose, because it inflates the asset prices of houses, which which I own, uh, shares. I've got a few shares, uh, but I'm not heavily into the stock market at the moment. I think it's too risky. Um, and this is what's happened. This is why the stock market has been going up, because this money has been finding its way through financial institutions and banks into the stock market, inflates prices, uh, Similar thing with property lending is is been money's been lent out at one percent one and a half percent, great you know and it means there's a sort of a boom on on property and and prices have gone up, but really um, are these shares really worth what they've been quoted for on the stock market? I don't think so. Look what happened to Deliveroo the other day. I mean, someone starts a company delivering food on a bike, and suddenly it's supposed to be worth seven or eight billion. Come on. Well, at least on the stock market doesn't believe it. And the figures show that they, on, after they issued the stock on the IPO, the initial public offering, the stock price dropped by 30 percent. And the company looks like they're in a bit of trouble with increased competition, possible regulation on their, their self-employed uh, delivery people, their riders. Uh, and, and there's even a strike going on. So it's been a disastrous launch. But there are lots of companies out there like that, that have been launched that are simply just not worth the money. Is Tesla really the biggest car company in the world? Come on. You know, it just can't be true. So these big tech companies, Tesla, Facebook, Google, their prices have inflated massively. And we could see, I believe, uh, a, a sort of a tech stop, stock uh, burst bubble situation like they had in, in the year 2000. And I just think stock markets are just way overpriced personally, and property prices are far too high as well. It just doesn't make sense that you can buy a property and in 10 years it doubles and triples in value for what? It's the same house, you know, uh, the same amount, roughly the same amount of people are buying the houses. Yeah, there's immigration and that sort of thing, but, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So uh, I, I'm cautious on investing. I'm cautious on, on even property investing at the moment. Uh, because I think, you know, you can't have a situation where prices just go up for, you know, 10, 12 years and, and just keep going up indefinitely. It's never happened in history. So, so just be careful out there if you're you're rushing in and taking on a big loan. Uh, and, and just, you know, you just got to be careful, I think. But there are there, it, there is some news for, for home buyers that may may, you know, the, the lenders can now accept application for a new help to buy scheme government helps you to buy a house again that's inflating house prices but it's less generous than the previous version that only applies to first-time buyers the chancellor announced recently that they, he's he's going to launch 
a new 95% mortgage guarantee scheme, which, which means that there'll be some sort of package in place to guarantee mortgages up to 95%. So the lenders are not at risk here. The lenders are sort of lending out 75% and the other 20% is covered by a mortgage guarantee. This goes back to what was happening in the 70s and the 80s. There was always mortgage guarantees run by insurance companies. Um, and in, in those days, you even had top-up loans. You know, So there's nothing new about this. It's just that the insurance companies decided when there was a big recession, they lost money. They didn't want to be in that market anymore. So they pulled out. However, um, the other thing that's been happening, the stamp duty holiday has been going on since last year. That's going to end in, in August. And, and we're going to see more people, I think, coming off the job retention scheme, probably more redundancies. We've already seen big stores announce massive closures, John Lewis uh, and so on. Uh, there's going to be a lot of redundancies. So that's another reason I think that the property boom, this long boom that we've had, more or less straight upwards. We've had a few little dips here and there, but more or less straight up for the last 12 years, along with the stock market. That's why I, I believe it, it's going to come to an end. Uh, the question is whether or not the government can keep printing this their money and keep printing their way out of this recession and keep the, the, the economy going with massive trillion dollar stimulus packages uh, to prop up weak Western economies. Well, that, that's really what it is, a weak Western economy. And, and can they avoid uh, what, what, what many people see is that not, not just a worldwide recession, but we're almost into a depression. Can they avoid this? So, so what are we going to do? Um, I, I think if, you, if your job is at risk or you, you feel that you're just not earning enough money, you can't get enough money, maybe you should look at starting a little business on the side. But can you do this without capital and with, with no risk? Well, certainly not with a physical business. We've seen that with pubs and restaurants closed now during the lockdown, so-called non-essential businesses, who decides that? Um, it's a reminder of how vulnerable physical businesses can be. Um, shops in particular, you know, we've seen even big stores just close their doors, you know, after 100 years. Uh, it, it's crazy. And at the same time, we know that internet businesses are just booming. The, the business owners like Jeff Bezos and Zuckerberg and Larry Page are all getting richer and richer by the minute. You know, they've, their, their wealth has just increased massively, whilst that the rest of us have been struggling along and the poor people have just been getting poorer and poorer. And the gap has never, ever been wider than it is now. Maybe in the Middle Ages it was, but it's certainly crazy at the moment. So, um, and, and we're looking at a situation when more and more goods have been, never before in history has so much been bought online on the internet. It's a really a new newfangled thing in, in terms of long-term history. And, and even before the, pan, the pandemic, we saw that high street shops were literally struggling. They're on their knees almost because people were already buying. Every Christmas they announced that more and more stuff was being bought online. Do you remember that? They say, this year, 20% of stuff will be bought online. This year, 30% will be bought online. And it's just been going up and up. Holidays as well. We've seen massive closures, big holiday companies going under, uh, these traditional package holiday companies that where you go into a store in the high street and, and buy your holiday from them. Uh, some people still like using the travel agent, but so many people are just doing it online that it's, it's crazy. And, you know, you've got high rents, competition, taxes that are paid by physical businesses, which the likes of Amazon and Shopify don't pay. Um, and, and this is why you, you've seen massive closures of physical businesses. And this applies to physical offices as well. Um, so how does this help you get online? I, th I think the way forward is an online business, but you're not Amazon, you're not Shopify, but you can use these companies. You can become uh, uh, part of that because Amazon and Shopify have got big by 
allowing smaller businesses, people that just want to start a business today, sell their goods online or sell other people's goods online or, or, or set up an online store for their stuff, not just, you know, uh, uh, go and set it up in the high street, set it up online first. If it works, then maybe if it's booming like Apple, they can then set up stores on the high street. Uh, but, you know, in, in a way, it's, this is kind of reverse what was going on because in, in the past, the big stores could take all of the best places in the high street. They could dominate the high street with, with their money and, and f smaller retailers were just retailers were just forced out. You know, we've seen every year there's a story in the West End of a, uh, a tobacconist that's been there for 50 years. Now his rent's gone up. He has to close and everyone's crying about it, you know, but that's because that's the way it is. Rents go up. Uh, but, but with online business, you can compete against the big boys and, and, and look like a bigger company by being part of the online revolution. So you no longer need to, to rent a premises. So I'm going to give you three quick steps. First of all, sell solutions to people's problems. You know, maybe research your product online. Where else? You can find out if your product is in demand. You can check on Google how many people are searching for products or solutions to their problems. For instance, million people, millions of people want to be slimmer and healthier, especially in these times. And, you know, according to WordStream, 450,000 people are, are, are every minute looking for how to lose weight on the internet or other keyword searches like diets and lose weight fast. And, and that's just one particular niche. And you can literally find out how many people are searching for keyword solutions. Now, this is a better method of of going to your friends and relatives and saying, well, I'm going to write this book or I'm going to write this plan or I'm going to write a course on this and I'm going to invent this product or I'm going to import something from China and sell it. Um, what do you think? They say, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I'd probably buy it. Yeah. Well, this is a, a more scientific way of doing the research. And in the past, you couldn't buy this sort of research without a lot of money. Uh, now you can get it mostly for free. Uh, look at things like WordStream and Mondovo to research your idea. Or even if you're selling somebody else's product or you're thinking of importing something to sell, research how many people are actually sell, uh, searching for it and, and possibly buying it as well. Step two then, set up an online business selling products that people are looking for, uh, that, that people you think that not just what you think the market needs, but what people are actually looking for. And there, there are only so many niches. Health is one niche. Making money is, a, is another niche. Um, you know, that, 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 there are only so many overall niches. And within those niches, there are sub niches. These are the main sort of niches, if you like. And, you know, you don't need now to be a software engineer or a website designer because there's a lot of web ready-made websites out there for you. Now, I know that I've, I've had trouble in the past with WordPress and things like that because I, I just couldn't get on with it. And many people are in the same boat. Uh, but there's a new uh, company out now. They've been around about a year called Groove Funnels, and they have template pages where you can go in and say, oh, I like the look of that page. That will suit what I'm trying to do. Like I'm a trainer. Uh, I'm, I'm a a dog dog trainer, a dog handler. I specialize in, and, and I want to set up my own website. Look at Groove Funnels. And, and and you'll see templates for that. And you should click on that template, add your words in and publish it. It's, it's really that simple. Um, and then then with, with ClickFunnels, the reason they're called ClickFunnels is because they have a, a range of funnels, which are a sales funnel. If you think of a funnel like a, a, a funnel going down into a narrow patch like that, and in, in a sales funnel, you've got prospects at the top 
And then some of them, when you qualify them, you find out that they're not actually for you. They're not looking for your business. You get further down, then you make them an offering and they eventually become a customer. That's what a funnel is. So when you click on an ad on Facebook and, you know, the ad, there's a headline that appeals to you. Like, would you like to um, lose weight today? You click on the ad and, and it shows you, give you some information, some useful content. And then it says, would you like to uh, attend a, a webinar to see, you know, to, to give you the 10 tips on losing weight today. You click on that, you register it. That's that's called a funnel. That's leading you towards uh, a sales presentation. And eventually it will lead you towards making a buying decision. Otherwise, your website is just a brochure. People go on the website, they have a look around. They say, yeah, it looks all right. Like, like walking into a shop. And they say, no, oh, okay, I can't see anything I like here. I'll walk out. That's what happens to most shops. And that's what happens to most websites. With a funnel, you're you're targeting your your traffic towards what you want to offer them, what you want to sell them, what you want to offer as your product or service. That's what a funnel is. So if you've got an existing business with a website and it's not converting for you, this is what you need to look at. You need to look at funnels. Okay, and then step three would be decide what you're going to sell and and how you're going to get started. Now this is this can be difficult. Um, you know, you, you, you might have a business already. You might have a, a business where you're struggling to get enough customers. That could be your product to sell. If you haven't got a business, you can sell other products using something called uh, affiliate marketing. Uh, again, you can do that through through Groove Funnels. You can even sell their products. Uh, and this is how some of the biggest companies in the world make profits, actually. Affiliate marketing. Booking.com is affiliate marketing, right? They don't own hotels. Um, in a way, Uber, Amazon is, is a form of affiliate marketing. Uh, it, it's that That's what it is. Um, so they help millions of small retailers sell their stuff online for a commission. They set up the structure for them. So if you want to sell your book, like my book, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness, I put it on to, I've written the book. I've, I've done all the work. They We just upload it to them and they, they sell it on, on their, their, their site. But with, with, with my shop window there, and they take a, a huge commission for it, but they also fulfill it as well. They'll send it out to people. They'll print it on demand. Uh, so I don't have to do all of that. So, so that's why I'm, I'm paying most of the money I get from this book actually goes to Amazon and the printing and packaging and posting, but it gets it out there. If I try to sell it from my garage or a car boot sale, I'm not going to sell many of them. So that's the way it works. That is, that is affiliate marketing, if you like. Um, Insurance is affiliate marketing. A broker, I was in the insurance business. Um, we were selling policies, life policies, um, uh, contents policies, insurance policies, pension policies for insurance companies, and they would pay us a commission. That's affiliate marketing. So this has been going on for centuries, and now you can do it online. But now, um, you, instead of applying for an agency, most companies will allow you to sell their products. Even Amazon, you can get an affiliate marketing uh, link through, from, through Amazon. You can get it through booking.com. Now, GrooveFunnels also has training, which can teach you a lot about this, how it works. I can't tell you that in the next, you know, in five minutes, but you can go onto GrooveFunnels. I'm putting a link up here uh, for that and you can have a look at it. Now, the other thing about GrooveFunnels is that it, at the moment, is absolutely free to join and it's free to set up one website. This will not last for long. Most of the companies that do this sort of thing will charge 
every month for life, but this will give you free lifetime access at the moment, but it won't last long. I promise you that it won't last long. Within the next six months or so, they're going to bring in, uh, maybe even sooner, um, a plan to say, right, from now on, new joiners will pay $100 a month. And if you want all the bells and whistles, it's $300 a month. Uh, so, so GrooveFunnels, free lifetime access. You don't even need to put your credit card in to, to join, uh, which I always find is a bit of a catch. Free for a month, you put your credit card in, and then after a month, you've forgotten about it, they start taking it, and then you can't even find out how to cancel it. Um, but with with, with GrooveFunnels, there's, there's lifetime access, no credit card required. Put your details in, and you're away. You can start playing around with it. You can look at all of their training videos for free. There's hours and hours of training videos on how to start business, how to get into affiliate marketing, how to build a website, how to build a funnel. It's unbelievable. So so it's there now. Don't waste this opportunity. Get into it now. And I'm, the link is up there on Facebook, GrooveFunnels, and just, just join it and you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, hope you're having a great day. Uh, the sun is out in London, but yesterday we had sun, snow, sun and snow in the same day. Uh, and yet last week it was 25 degrees here. It's incredible weather. That's English weather for you. And we are gradually coming out of the lockdown here from next week. Uh, it's a phased return to normality, although I don't know if we'll ever get back to normality. But I think the question is things are never going to be the same. And we know that automation is going to replace literally millions of jobs. And it's started already. The technology is here. So you've got to look at some other form of income, a side hustle, if you like, a side business. Don't give up your job now, but set up a little online business on the side and, and use GrooveFunnels to help you get that going. So thanks for listening and have a great day. This is Charles Kelly Money Tips. Speak, speak to you again very soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 